This is the message from Connection Community Church for Palm Sunday, March 28, 2010. Return to Eden. Restoration. Well, uh, the other day I heard a story from a few years ago whereby a, uh, a New York City man was kidnapped, and uh, the kidnappers called his wife uh, demanding $100,000 in ransom, and um, she was able to talk him down to $30,000. <laughs> true story, true story. Well, the story had a happy ending because the man was returned home, and he was unharmed, and the money was recovered, and the kidnappers were arrested and thrown in jail. But you just have to wonder what happened when the man returned home and found out that his wife got him back for a discount. (laughs) Okay, so imagine the negotiations. You've got to be kidding. $100,000 for him? $100,000 for that loser? I mean, He's lost our money, he's lost his hair, he's lost everything about him that I really love. You know what, $100,000 way too much, how about thirty grand? and that's too much. That wasn't very nice, was it? Anyway. Now, <clears throat> I, I would applaud Carrie for getting me back as inexpensively as possible if that, <laughs> if that happened to us, but... Even if she did kind of throw me under the bus, like, you know, like the other, if that happened like that other woman, you know, losing the hair and the charm and the good, all those other losses. On the, on the other hand, though, wouldn't you think um, or hope that if you were kidnapped, no expense would be spared to get, to get you back? You know, no, no haggling, no, no saying, well, let me think about okay, it. 50, <laughs> okay, 50,000. Okay. No, no back and forth negotiation. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you like to think that your family and friends would say, you know, we'll do anything. We'll do anything to get them back. Wouldn't it be nice to think that they would, they maybe even would be extravagant when it comes to you, that, that, that they would want you restored no matter what the price? Well, that's the basis of our message this morning. We're going to talk about returning to Eden through restoration. Restoration. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. And I'm Alan Jones, and, uh, and we're two sinners who've been saved by God's grace in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. The most holy God, uh, mm, thanks for this glorious day. Thank you for this time. Thank you for the opportunity to praise and worship. Thank you for this time to share in your word. I pray that you open our hearts to your spirit, open our minds to your word. Pray that... Uh, Pray that you will visit on us uh, transformation through this time, that you will bring new life in Christ. It's in his name and in your Holy Spirit we pray. Connection Church said, amen. Amen. Extravagance. Extravagance. There's a story in Scripture that um, tells us about a woman who some people think was really, really extravagant. Here's how it goes. Jesus was riding into Jerusalem. Jesus had ridden into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, you know, where people were waving the palm branches and saying, Hosanna, 
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then it's, we're talking about this time frame where he's ridden into Jerusalem, and it's just a couple of days before he shares the Last Supper with his disciples, before he's about ready to be arrested. Anyway, he goes to a house in a town of Bethany, and the house that he goes to is owned by Simon the leper. While he's there, a woman comes into the house with an alabaster jar of nard. Nard is, is this very thick, very aromatic, um, amber-colored oil, nard. And it's used to make things like perfume, incense. It's even used for uh, medicinal purposes. Well, the nard in this alabaster jar was very expensive perfume. Yeah, very expensive perfume. And she broke the jar, we're told. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on the head of Jesus. And some who were there got very indignant with this. Uh, And they asked, why would she waste this very expensive perfume in such an extravagant way? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and that money given to the poor. And they scolded her harshly for being so, so extravagant with this expensive perfume. Well, Jesus told them to, to leave her alone that what she did was a beautiful thing. He said that the poor would be with them always and that they, the people gathered there, could help the poor at any time. Hmm. But then Jesus said something pretty interesting. He said that they would not always have him. Yeah, it's an interesting story. Um, What she did, how other people reacted, and and how Jesus responded to that. It's, um, It's also interesting how similar it is to a story that we find in the book of Luke. Uh, But that story is a little different because that story occurs much earlier in Jesus' ministry. We find it in the seventh chapter of Luke, and that's long before Jesus has uh, had this triumphal entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, Uh, much, much, much earlier in his ministry than that. That story also involves a jar, an alabaster jar of expensive perfume. Now, in that story, we're told that the woman lived a very sinful life, And she learned that when Jesus was there at the house for the meal, she entered the house crying. (laughs) Good timing. Okay. (laughs) She entered the house crying because she knew Jesus was in that house. And she proceeded to wet Jesus' feet with her tears. And then she used her hair to wipe his feet. And in that story... Oh, and then she poured the perfume on Jesus' feet. Now, in that story, the owner of the house wasn't so much concerned about the value of the perfume, but the fact that what kind of woman was this that would show up in his house and that Jesus would allow to touch him? Mm. I read an interesting commentary a few years ago on on this woman and on her jar of perfume. Some, some, uh, this commentary point out, some think that uh, when the Scripture here says that she lived a, lived a sinful life, that it was kind of a gentle way of saying that this woman was a prostitute. Um, 
if that was so, then perhaps this, this alabaster jar of this very expensive perfume might have been more like a vial, they said, on a necklace. And as such, then, that sweet aroma would be around her person, which would be pretty important in her line of work, if you're catching what I'm, where I'm going here. And, um, and, and by using, then, this perfume on Jesus' feet, by pouring out this very expensive perfume, which was her, um, her perfume for her person there, um, this symbol, basically, of who she was and what she did, by pouring it out, by getting rid of it in this fashion on Jesus' feet, then basically what she's doing is cutting ties with who she has been. Is that making sense? Yeah. She, she's, she's basically cutting off with where she's been before. In other words, the woman who's been very far from God, this, this woman who's been, in the words that we've used a couple of weeks now, east of Eden, she's able to find restoration as she extravagantly pours out on Jesus' feet this perfume that represents her past, her sinful past. And then through him, she is able to welcome in a bright new future. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Now, in today's story that I shared a few moments ago, the one that we find in Mark, the woman in the story, she didn't live a sinful life. We're not told that 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 was part of her, her deal, although we're all sinners, but that wasn't the issue at hand. The emphasis of this particular story was on the value of the perfume. Now, think about this. If the perfume was so valuable. Perhaps it was her savings plan. Perhaps it was her nest egg for the future. And if this perfume was worth a year's worth of wages, which that's what the biblical scholars say, then it was quite valuable to this woman. So in this case, we're told that she broke the jar And she poured the perfume not on his feet that we found in Luke, but on Jesus' head. Yeah, she broke the jar. In other words, she didn't just use a little bit of this um, perfume. She, She used it all. Once you break the jar, you're using it all. She broke the jar, and she gave Jesus everything she had. She held nothing back. If if, if this was her savings for the future, if this was her retirement plan, if this was her protection, her her safety net, her nest egg, she let it all go in the name of Jesus as she extravagantly poured it on his head. What a great image for us. What a a great symbol. As, As we take that story and we apply it to our own lives... I don't know about you, but quite often I, I give Jesus all I've got, but then there's this, this little place over here that I haven't surrendered. You know, I, I think I'm giving Jesus all of my heart, but there's this one place where it's still locked up. What about you? What about you? What is dear to you? You know, imagine you're, you're taking this alabaster jar and it just needs to be 
broken so that you can give your all, maybe money, possessions, persons, relationships, whatever it is, to Jesus. What is it in your life? Where are you in that East of Eden journey where as you return, as you return, you're given more and more and more to Jesus until you give him your all? You see, Jesus is in the restoration business. And the symbol of breaking the jar and pouring out everything that, that we've got for Christ is true restoration. Jesus just takes that and works with us. And, you know, we need to do that. Jesus doesn't, you know, need it. We need to do that. We can't fully receive what Jesus has to offer until we give him our all, our whole selves. It reminds me of something Ted um, told me the other day as we were doing some worship planning. If you don't know who Ted is, Ted's on staff here, and he does all this creative stuff like these, um, what you see on the screen there now, he created. He put this together. He, Those little Easter bunnies. Yeah, the, the peeps thing. He coordinates worship. He tells me and Carrie what we should do. And, you know, he, he, does, uh, he coordinates all this, this stuff. And, and so we were in a worship uh, meeting the other day preparing for today, and, and he shared with me that as he was bringing this cross, and it was in the garage thing next door, it's, it's really heavy for one person to handle. And he's like, and as he's coming out of the garage, out into the parking lot, he's kind of bent over, and he's trying to lift this thing up, and, and he sees a dollar bill. Yeah, that he realized had fallen out of his pocket earlier when he'd gotten his keys out to get in the office earlier. So he knows it's his dollar. So he's trying to hold the cross and balance the cross. And you know, you get the picture, right? And he's trying to pick this dollar up, balance the cross. And then, and then when you got that dollar bill, it's kind of hard to hold the cross still. So he said that he got into the, um, the lobby here. And he said, Alan, I, I had to set the cross down. So I could put the dollar in my pocket, and then I picked the cross back up and brought it on in to the sanctuary. I said, wow, Ted, that's, that's a heck of an image for what we're talking to. Do you mind if I share? Because I always try to make sure I get okay from, on stories from the people that are about. He said, yeah, but I, I really feel bad. <laughs> I feel really bad. You know, I, I kind of put the cross down to pick up a dollar. I said, well, the thing is, Ted, you know what? That's not just your story. It's our story, isn't it? Sooner or later, haven't we all kind of set the cross down to pick up? It might not have been a dollar, but to pick something up that really didn't have a whole lot to do with the cross. Uh, you know, the, the, the challenge is it's, it's hard to carry the cross when our hands are full with something else. Yeah. That's what Jesus was talking about in a scripture found in Matthew. It's Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Let's say it together. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You see, it's impossible to carry that cross when our hands are full. We must deny ourselves in order to carry the cross and follow Jesus. Like the woman 
and the alabaster jar story from Luke, the, the sinful woman, we must leave our past in order to embrace the future that, that Jesus has in store for us. You know, we've got to let go of who we have allowed ourselves to become in order for Jesus to restore us to be the person God intended us to be, that person God thought of so, so many, many years before we were even born. Um, when, when we're east of Eden, you know, when we're far from God, our restoration, our return to Eden can only take place when we quit running, first of all, and when we turn and embrace the one who died to save us, Jesus the Christ, and we can only do that when our hands are empty. And like the woman who broke the jar of perfume in Mark's story, we must break with whatever we think is our security, whatever we think is our safety net, our safety net, if that is anything other than the one who came to save us, if that is anything other than the one who came to this earth and went all the way to the cross on our behalf. Jesus Christ is our only hope. Jesus Christ is our only salvation, the only one who can restore us. We can try all day long to restore our own lives, and it just doesn't work because Jesus is the great restorer. And when we're so far away and we're east of Eden, where we've been talking about as we make our journey back to the Lord, just to reach out and allow Jesus to just take us and restore us as we return to Eden, that's what we're all about here today. Restoration. You know, um, when they restore a painting, they don't really add anything to the painting. The whole idea is to take stuff away. And so they carefully, they use solvents, not to put really on, but use those solvents to take off, to peel away the grime and the junk that is covering up that painting, which over the years is keeping us from being able to see and fully appreciate what that painting is and was intended to be. And so likewise, in order for, for us to be restored for us to return to Eden, Jesus kind of strips away, just like we're a painting, strips away the junk that is built up on us. We call it sin. All that junk that's built up over the years, the junk that's keeping us from being what God intends us to be. And by taking away, Jesus is able to restore, to, to, is able to return us to Eden uh, to allow us to once again be close to the one who created us. And so we're going to take a few minutes today to kind of lean into that, to pray into that. We want you to think about, is there an alabaster jar in your life that needs to be broken in order for you to experience restoration. What is that alabaster jar? Is there some expensive perfume that you have to just 
pour out over Jesus' head in order to help you return to Eden? Is there, is there something in your hand that is, is just filling you up so much that there's no room to carry the cross? What is it in your life that needs to be broken, poured out, given to Jesus so that you can return to Eden? I don't know what it is in your life. I really know what it is in mine. And today's the day that I'm dealing with it. Maybe you're at a point in your life where, where you're wondering, is, is this all there is? Well, Jesus doesn't want you to just kind of exist, but thrive with joy. What is it? What is that wall? Where are you on that Eden Road? Maybe you're wondering who Jesus is. Maybe that's where you're at. Jesus is the one who created you. Jesus is the one who loved you into existence and who died to love you. And so if you're wondering how Jesus can fit into your life or at all, maybe today's the day. Today's the day to, to quit holding your fists like this, but just open up and say, okay, Lord, I don't really know what this is about, but come into my life. Be the leader of my life. I'm sorry, Lord, for those things that, those ways that I sin. Be the leader of my life. Each one of us can pray that, whether we've been walking with Jesus every day or whether we pray that for the first time. And so this time we have right now is restoration time. We invite you to pray from your seats. We invite you to come up on the steps if that is what you're led to do. Jesus loves it when we're on our knees. Or if you want to talk to Jesus, talk to Jesus and talk to somebody else about how to invite Jesus into your life. There's somebody who is in the back and they're ready to guide you through that prayer. Or I'll bet the person next to you would help you with that as well. And so let's be in an attitude of prayer right now. Oh, most holy God, restore to me. Restore to me your salvation. Bring me Bring me back from Eden, please, Lord. Bring us back from Eden. Bring us back to the garden. Mm. And that's only possible through your son and what he did on the cross. Please help us to be able to break those alabaster jars in our life, to take those expensive perfumes and to pour them on you extravagantly because you are worthy. Please help us to uh, let go of whatever it is in our hands and to pick up the cross and to follow you. Please help us to know that it was on the cross that you paid the price for us, a price that we can't pay, so that we might be able to share eternity with you, so that we might be restored, restored to the person that you intended when you first thought of us.
Hmm. Restore to me, most holy God. It's in Christ and your Holy Spirit we pray. Amen. And so Jesus told those who were gathered there for dinner that night that pouring perfume on his head was a beautiful thing for this woman to do and that the poor would be with them always but that they would not always have him. And then he said this. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. A foreshadowing of what is to come in just a couple of days in the life of Jesus as she poured perfume to prepare his body for his burial. And you know, it's Jesus knew. He knew that even though he had ridden into town like a, like a hero earlier on the week on Palm Sunday, that two days later he knew he would be betrayed. He would be arrested, he would be tried, and he would be convicted, and he would be stripped, and he would be hit, whipped, and he would be hung on a cross to die for you and me. He knew all this as he reclined at a table in the home of Simon the leper. And he all knew all this when a woman with an alabaster jar of perfume broke it and poured it on his head. He knew. He knew. He knew that it wouldn't be long before they would lead him to the cross. Thank you for taking part in sharing the message for this week. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also reach our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that He offers.